Good morning, Minecrafters, and welcome to episode 56, The Law of Subtraction. Well, I think most people are aware of the Law of Attraction by now. Even small children uh, have been, uh, and middle schoolers and high schoolers have learned, you know, the Law of Attraction to focus and envision on manifesting, you know, friendships and grades and such like that. So really, uh, you know, the secret is really just, you know, understanding and wrapping around the idea of the, the true power of the human mind. And, and I think we often underestimate this because what we, what we sort of focus on, you know, is, is where the power is. And I, I think it, it's, actually, it's actually very simple and simple yet profound. That really what it all boils down to is attention and intention. The attention part, we of course have talked about in different episodes. I can't say enough about the attention because only what we attenuate to, which is just a, you know a sexy, you know fourteen carat word for paying paying attention. What we attenuate to is all that's going to make it into our long term memories. And most people would argue that our long term memories are really who we are, right? Which is why you know it's so incredibly tragic when someone is kind of taken down by Alzheimer's or, you know, a form of dementia where they lose their, their long-term memory because those stories, you know, are all who they are and also contain the other people in their lives, usually the ones, you know, closest to them. It's why it's so, so absolutely tragic to lose this. You know, and, and sadly, I think even a lot of you know, really educated, put-together grown-ups out there don't always, uh, you know, get this, that... You know, attention is is where it where it's at as far as as far as um, you know our life minutes because we walk around making choices every single day. We make them passively or we make them actively, right? And sort of what we focus on is is what is going to stay with us, you know, forever, possibly. You know, and it's also very important to understand the role of the unconscious mind in both attention and intention because. And that goes right back to Sigmund Freud, who, you know, gets a bad rap sometimes. I, I would not, I would not identify myself as a Freud fan. You know, once again, we we know that he, uh, you know, smoked enough cocaine to knock over a rather large large horse, and he had reasons for doing that. Which actually, uh, his intention was good with that. He was trying to get people to understand more that mental illness isn't all about choice, and that there's, you know, genetics there. There's something organic there, and so I just wanted to toss that out there. One thing Freud, though, even though some of his, his theories are outdated, his personality theory, some of his dream work, some people would consider to be outdated, something that I don't think anyone uh, would take away from him or discredit him for would be his work with the unconscious. Because we know that, you know, in, in many ways, the unconscious drives the bus. You know, it's what's underlying our intention, our attention and intention. We know that for sure. There's this underlying force. Also, why we're biased. We don't know why we're saying things or doing things. There's this unconscious force of these thoughts that are in the vault. What's that's what I like to say in the vault. You know, and this awareness is ultra important to kind of realize that you know there are forces going on behind the curtains. I guess we could say of you know messages that were said to us when we were young. You know, basically before the age of three, with the exception of some kind of trauma, we don't usually have a memory and obviously, you know, people were all wired differently, but basically it's three years old and under that we don't have 
much memory, and that's called infantile amnesia. And but you know, think of you know watching two year olds run around. They very much have a full life, right? You watch them; it's me, mine, and look at this, and look at that, and they're playing and doing puzzles, and they've got language. They've got language, and you know, it, 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 think of all that they're taking in. People are saying to them, and um, it, they, they are definitely taking all kinds of information in, and so lots of that that goes in early is, you know, is in the vault, as we say, and we are no longer aware of it as adults. And of course, the first year-ish of that, they're taking in all kinds of, all kinds of memory and visuals, and there is no language for it. So there, we have, there's a certain part of our memory that's implicit or unconscious and doesn't have language attached to it. So it's, it's feeling-based. So, which is great if, you know, you grew up with these, with these wonderful attachments, very trusting, kind of knowing you could trust the caregiver, trust the world. And, um, the, of course, the reverse is true when there's, you know, uh, you know, memories involving a lack of trust or fear-based memories. Those can also carry with us and do carry with us into adulthood, and those are also in the vault. And so this will come into play when we uh, also get into intention in a little bit because, and I also, the attraction part we're talking about now, the attention and attraction part, because we can invite all kinds of new and positive change into our lives. And at the same time, if we've got some, you know, undercurrent of fear that's preventing us from actually, you know, latching onto and, and running with, I'm thinking like a football right now, you know, we're asking for this new thing to come in our lives, this new relationship, this new job opportunity, this new home, um, this, you know, the, the, something new and lucrative money-wise, whatever it is, new, you know, wonderful health. If there's an undercurrent of fear um, of whatever it is, success, or, or, or fear of just having all this wonderful abundance, that's going to throw a wrench in, you know, in what we're trying to attract. And it's not just all kinds of touchy-feely, new-agey stuff. You know, most of the you know, the really great thinkers and, and, and spiritual leaders out there currently across the world are saying the same thing. I mean, I think of John Kabat-Zinn and Deepak Chopra, and I could just go on and on and on. They're saying the same thing. Of course, and my very best friend, Oprah, who's not aware of it, she's been saying this forever too. And it, um, <clears throat> you, know, you know, if we're going to manifest these good things in our lives, it's very important to understand the, uh, you know that there, you know the potential undercurrents that are, you know, guiding our thoughts, hence feelings, hence behavior. You know, and of course, uh, Rhonda Byrne came out with the Secret, and I think two thousand six, and she's since written a couple, well, more than a couple others, the Magic and the Power, and you know, basically, the Secret is the, the original Secret talks about uh, what does she say? She says the Secret it, it is the law that determines the complete order in the universe, every moment of your life and every single thing you experience in your life. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. The law of attraction is forming your entire life experience. And this all powerful law is doing that through your thoughts. You are the one who calls the law of attraction into place and you do it through your thoughts. And this is why it's so important to practice thought control. So I've mentioned to you, uh, Minecrafters, you know, that there's actually a course called Minecraft that I design and teach at Champlain College, which I love. 
in Burlington, Vermont. It's just such a wonderfully positive atmosphere. It makes it so easy to do what I do because it's just, uh, it attracted me and I attracted it. I, w- I would like to to say because I truly believe that. And I'm very grateful that my calling, my professional calling is at, is at Champlain. And that can actually roll right in to what we're, to what we're talking about. And this, you know, this course, Minecraft, which is about optimal human functioning and life satisfaction, is about, you know, being the boss of your brain, becoming the boss of your brain, because thoughts come first and feelings come second, and then actions or behavior, however you want to label that, third. So without any exaggeration, our thoughts dictate our feelings, which means our our thoughts dictate our lives. So therefore, even just logically, changing our thoughts, changing our thinking process, literally changes our lives. And, you know, it's important because when we realize this, we can really make it work for us in the positive sense. Again, like we're ready for a new, a new career change, or we really like a partner now. And, you know, we can make all that work for us positively. It's important to realize that attraction is attraction. And it can also work in a negative way. And it can also work by not paying attention because the unconscious is kind of attracting, you know, some unresolved something with some toxic individual in your life. It will be no big surprise when you randomly bump into her in the middle of Manhattan and think, what were the chances of this? This is a needle in a haystack, you know, one of the, one of the biggest cities in the entire world. And how did I bump into this person that I have no desire to see? Well, you attracted her because she's on your mind, because you're allowing her to be on your mind. You're allowing her to be on your mind. And this is exactly what happened. I tell you, um, you know, years and years and years ago, I've had more than a few experiences with this before I kind of figured it out. You know, and so this is, you know, why it's important to have awareness. And we've said that in different episodes, all for different reasons, right? Because awareness, obviously, we can't really do it. We can't do what we don't know, right? So awareness is really the first step, just sort of getting, you know, is this really working for me anymore? You know, we, we get, especially at a fabulous 56 right now, things start to really, you know, become a little bit more clear because this archaeological dig that we're on, you know, in our, definitely in our midlife years, and it starts early on, it really kind of comes together, I think, in, mid, in midlife. Um, and we start to really kind of like have these aha moments as my dear friend Oprah likes to say. And then we can kind of question like, is this working for me anymore? It's important to ask, is this working for me in the way I want it to work for me? Because there's all kinds of payoff in this life and it's, and it, it's not necessarily positive. And it's important to explore that because payoff is just, you know, like a sort of regular layperson's term for uh, reinforcement. Right, because there are all kinds of things that reinforce us. Again, they aren't necessarily healthy, and actually, self punishment. There's big payoff in that. You know, I'm actually thinking of of the Grinch. You know, the Grinch who stole Christmas, the cartoon, or and also the Jim Carrey one. Love that guy. And you know, when he says, you know, he gets the phone call. I forget from Max or who I remember. And he and he says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "I'm wrestling with my self loathing cycle." You know, and people can get really wrapped up in that self-hatred, you know, hamster wheel. And it becomes, the more we do it, more, I should say, rephrase, the more we allow the self-hatred, the more it grows, becomes stronger, and it's self-reinforced. And so something like that can be an enormous payoff. 
And when we think of payoff, we often think of positive, but is reinforced is reinforced. That means our behavior, our thinking, our feelings, and our behavior, and whatever that is, are getting stronger and stronger and stronger, which means that the pull or push to, to think in this way, hence feel in this way, hence behave based on these feelings, gets stronger as well. And many of us are walking around, you know, kind of like in zombie mode, not getting the automaticity of these things that are uh, considered payoff for us. They're reinforcing our thinking. You know, so in order to change it up, we need to become aware of whatever it is that might be in the way. And we also need to really shift our attention to, shift our attention to what we really truly want and which direction we want our life to go. Because it, you know, as so many people have said this, I'm, I guess I'm just jumping on the, on the, you know, the karma train moving forward, right? Is that, um, you know, we are, you know, the, the main characters on our stage. We are the playwrights of our script and not to sound cheesy and ridiculous. It's just, it's true. And I'm thinking of also the former four agreements because Don Miguel Ruiz also says this in his book, which I'm a big fan of. And it's interesting. And it's kind of like, it's so many people across the world, different cultures, different religions, different ways of thinking are basically, you know, they're all saying the same thing in different ways. To me, that kind of, you know, the main thread that's kind of, you know, winding through all these brilliant minds is, you know, you know, just maybe there's some truth there. I would say definitely. You know, and so Rhonda Burns wrote The Magic and the Power. And I have the power, actually, um, sitting here on my lap, literally. And, you know, just a, a quick paragraph from her with this, because she kind of carries a secret into, um, you know, her next book. And, and I'm not sure if it was her exact next one, but it's a few, one that showed afterwards. She says, you're meant to have an amazing life, with an exclamation point. She says, you are meant to have everything you love and desire. Your work is meant to be exciting and you are meant to accomplish all the things you would love to accomplish. Your relationships with your family and friends are meant to be filled with happiness. You are meant to have all the money you need to live a full, wonderful life. You are meant to be living your dreams, all of them. If you want to travel, you are meant to travel. If you would love to start a business, you are meant to start a business. If you would love to learn to dance or learn how to sail, or sail a yacht, or study Italian. You're meant to do those things. If you would love to be a musician, a scientist, a business owner, an inventor, a performer, a parent, or whatever it is you would love to be, you are meant to be it. It's, it's interesting, because after just reading that paragraph, which I didn't really have a plan to say this, but it, it actually, uh, you know, it, it, it brought me to a squirrel moment because I, I attracted Italy and then I attracted again, attracted it again, actually. And to learn Italian because I love languages. And so, you know, I had this feeling I wanted to go to Italy and then it kind of just was you know, increasing. I really, Italy was kind of calling to me and I was calling it. And uh, I started, I made some Italian dishes. I actually bought a very cool chalkboard like you have in a restaurant where they write the specials. And I hung it up in our dining room. And I would write, I would write, well, this is when the kids were little. And I, sometimes I'd have them do it, write what we were going to have for dinner on the chalkboard as if we were a restaurant. And uh, I bought a little Italian pocket 
um, uh, like a little little dictionary. And after that, I bought CDs. And before you knew it, I was taking our 11-year-old to Italy. Oh, I forgot another important part of the story. This is how much I attracted it. I just kept Italy on the brain, Italy on the brain, Italy on the brain. And that's how it turned into Italy on a train once I got over there, right? We went over the place. Uh, I had a friend who was a flight attendant. We were supposed to go someplace else. I think it was Africa. Anyway, it didn't work. And she felt badly, which she didn't need to. Um, of course, it just things happen and don't happen or whatever. But she gave me two companion passes. She worked for, I forget, Delta or someone, something. And so all of this was right in a row. You cannot make this stuff up. I'm writing specials on the Italian chalkboard in the dining room. I'm buying, And it just it fell in my lap because we didn't have much money way back then at all. And uh, without those two free plane tickets, you know, it would have been much longer before I got to Italy. But it was right in the path of me with my little dictionary and writing the, the things on the chalkboard and cooking, making Italian dishes. And it literally fell from the clouds without exaggeration. You can't even make this stuff up. Just like the secret and the power are saying. Of course, and this attention thing we're talking about has everything to do with mindfulness. And one of our big themes also in Minecraft is because only what we attenuate to in this moment, which is the now, all we have is right here and right now, is what's going to go into long-term memory. So the mindfulness piece is huge. So another great thinker, right, Eckhart Tolle, talks about the power of now and embracing this moment. And, you know, once I got to Italy, being present with my little girl, then 11, now 24, actually, um, you know, that's how, that's the best photo album there is, you know, is to be in this moment and just cherish all those, you know, visual, auditory, emotional memories that we are making. And this only happens by being present in this moment right now. And so, and then, so for me, it's, it's really been a, a process, process of learning to practice, right? Because what we practice, we inevitably get good at. And also to cultivate mindfulness and to cultivate gratitude, which is also important with um, attention and the law of attraction, because it's just a basic brain thing. It's not all new agey, touchy feely. Uh, It's basically like the Tetris effect. If you've heard of that, the brain loves patterns. And so the more we focus on what we are grateful for, especially for writing it down, the more the brain will automatically seek out actually search for the good that's out there in our everyday, just not in a touchy-feely way. We're just out there walking around the world, and it'll start to search for the good in the day actively. And it gets, like anything we practice, it gets easier and easier and easier. Also important with attention, which is leading us now into uh, the other big one, because life is really wrapped up around attention and intention. Intention now we got to talk about because there's nothing that happens in the universe that isn't involving intention. And you know, when people talk about random, and you know, in my opinion, random doesn't exist, even on you know, a neurological level or an atomic level. You know, if we think of if we even think of like those little um, if you had one when you're a kid, those little the little thing with the balls that hit each other and make and then tap 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 and one hits the other hits the other and the motion just keeps going from ball to ball if you know what I'm talking about that's not different in the universe nothing is random because each and every small choice we make even if we're not aware of it right we can make passive decisions too and do all day long 
once we make that choice, it leads us, it's like branches of a tree. You think of it as karma. So if we're looking at a, at a tree with branches, you know, beautiful branches going everywhere, we kind of make a choice that leads us out on this branch. So now we're then looking down this long, beautiful branch for the next choice and the next choice. And there's little branches off that branch. So we go off in that direction, this direction. The rest of the tree is left behind at this point because we're off on that track down that one branch, which leads us to little branches, little branches, little branches, and that as our as metaphorical for our life. So each and every little itty bitty choice we make leads us down a different road. Just like picture veins or you know, it's, it, we go off in these little paths. And those other paths are then left behind. And that's just how it works. And that's sort of the basics of karma. Now, intention is is huge because, remember, nothing in the universe happens without some kind of intention. And, and again, there are lots and lots of, you know, great thinkers out in the world talking about this same thing. And I'll tell you, personally, I'll take inspiration from any place. And I'm thinking of Will Smith has said, had a lot to say about this, about, um, you know, how the universe just gets out of your way, it goes, wraps right around you. When we actually, the thing is, we got to really believe it. We've got to really believe like whatever it is we're asking for, we already have in a sense. We've got to, you know, feel it so that as if we already have it. And he talks about how when, a, you know, um, a little kid digs a hole down by the beach, how it just fills in with water. And that is so true. And it, it, le- it also leads us to the part about, the law of subtraction, um, you know, today's theme is that in order to, you know, uh, sort of, you know, invite these new changes, these new positive changes into our lives, we need to create a vacuum first. We need to create the space because if we're too busy and flying around like gerbils on crack, then there's no room for that new partner or that new job or that new home. Uh, The universe is going to go right by us and, you know, move this new, this lovely new partner, new career opportunity to somebody else who's more open to receiving. So the the point is it's, it's, we have to be open to receiving. That's every bit as important as the asking part. We've got to make the space. And so there's this cool new YouTuber. Her name is Aaron Doughty. And uh, I've, I've watched a few of his, his videos and he is all over this law of subtraction thing. And he makes, you know, sort of an, an analogy to a, a, a full, full closet. If, you know, it's kind of like if you, this is a good visual. If you want new clothes, you think, oh, I need a new wardrobe. I want to, you know, bedazzle everybody at work. I, I need something new. I've been in a clothes rut. I want to change my whole look. Yet your closet is jam-packed full. It's got, you know, shoes halfway up. It's got clothes for all four seasons. You have way more than you could ever possibly wear. Let's say two-thirds of them you haven't worn in the past year, which I have a person personally, I have a rule with that. It all goes, but let's just say you're not there yet. And you've got this packed, packed closet full of many things. You're not even wearing, don't care about, you know, don't find bedazzling anymore. Well, guess what? You know, there are not going to be any new clothes in your future anytime soon because there is no room for new clothes. You know, think of what great sense this makes. So, we're thinking, oh, I'm ready for a partner. I might like to have a partner in my life. And you, know, you start to you know, focus your energy and your attention on that. Well, that's all great and well and good. The universe will certainly hear you. It's just if you're not ready for the universe to respond, 
somebody else is going to be loving that partner that could have been in your life. If you're still, you know, working, you know, six and a half days a week and, you know, taking work home at night and there's no, you know, cognitive energy available or emotional energy available, the universe is going to choose somebody new for this wonderful person. It's just how it works. Also, uh, Aaron, I, I really like this guy. He's got, he's got a lot of wisdom going on. Aaron Doughty. Uh, he does this other cool thing in one of his videos with two tall glasses. And one has pink water and one has blue water. And they're full. Just picture two tall glasses, one with pink water, one with blue water. And he shows in the one hand, let's, I forget which color went to which. What's to say that the, 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 that, that the blue one is your life now? Or that, that full that full tall glass of beautiful blue water and you've got in your right hand, you've got the pink water. So what many of us do, this is a very good visual. Actually, what many of us do is try to just pour a slap, a little bit of the new life we want, want by, you know, pouring a little bit of that pink water onto the already nearly full glass of blue water and a little splash of new life on our current old life. It doesn't work that way because it's too full. So then Aaron does this thing where he dumps out the blue water, you know, that, that old life, our old stories, which is also a very important concept, or old stories and just dumps that stuff out in the sink and then pours in this new pink water, this new, this new life that we're looking for. And he talks about how, you know, how he identified as a nine to five job goer, which I cracks me up every time I hear it. And he was working, I think, at Barney's in, in New York City selling women's shoes and making decent money and all this, but he absolutely hated it. He hated it, but it took up all of his time. And, you know, he was very, you know, sort of, you know, open or transparent is a word people like to use now that, you know, the new, the new stuff is new dreams of being creative and not being, you know, locked into this nine to five life weren't going to happen if he didn't let go of, you know, that shoe store job. And, he was also very honest about, you know, most people can't just let go of a job, you know, because of that habit of eating we've developed, right? It doesn't mean just, okay, wake up today, be impulsive and reckless and just quit our job and open a vacuum in that way. Um, not that that couldn't happen, I guess, but but to just gradually, you know, kind of invite that in and start to, for him, it was YouTubing, start to do that, um, whatever it is, is our dream you know, along the way, invite, invite, and then let go, let go, let go, invite, invite, let go, let go, let go. Continue to create that, the open space. With my students, I like to call it white space for this imagination, this dream, this manifestation. We have to create that space in order for the universe to have some place to drop the gift off. There's got to be a wide open, you know, picture, you know, a feng shui mind, you know, an open, very simple, you know, Quaker pine table. They have to have some place to put the gift. If the table's all cluttered up with stuff, there's no place to set it. And I, I when I was watching Aaron's videos, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, he's just he not only is he spot on, he gives very good visuals for people to manifest this idea. And it's so he's so simple and clear. Um, I would totally encourage watching those. Uh, anyway, so the law of subtraction differs a little bit, also embraces law of attraction because we're attracting and intending. If we're, if we're, sorry, if we're attenuating and intending, you know, sort of simultaneously, that is a recipe for living your best life. 
And lastly, another really good point that Aaron makes, with which I think many of us can relate to, is often what keeps us, what prevents us from living our best life, whether it's, you know, going after that new, you know, career, what's something that really feeds our soul, you know, new career, like he was talking about with his, with his YouTubing feeds our soul, uh, or that new relationship. And we, you know, we often stay in these ruts, whatever it is we're talking about out of fear sometimes. And sometimes it's just, we feel comfortable and we settle. It doesn't mean we're miserable even. It's just, we don't grow. We can just stay in a stagnant job or a stagnant whatever, or, you know, we really have outgrown our home. We want to do some self-expression around our home, but we just throw in the towel because we really don't like like it, you know, whatever it is. We often just get, you know, sort of stuck in that. It, you know, with a relationship, even um, if somebody's being mistreated, they'll often stay in it because at least I'm in a relationship, right? I'm, I'm in a couple. That's a thing a lot. We feel more secure, safer, it's easier to socialize, whatever. I'm, at least I have someone, even if I'm not being treated well, how I deserve to be treated. People stay in, in jobs definitely because of the, often because of the security, you know, at least, you know, the paychecks coming in. And that's, that's all good stuff. We need paychecks to come in, you know, and sadly, we often just, we really settle rather than you know, living a, living a life of passion. And this is what we're talking about. And that, you know, the law of subtraction means we have to create the space. There, the, the abundance out there is infinite. You know, so many people, I think we worry about, oh, if I take that extra piece of pizza, then there's, you know, less for somebody else. Well, that's true in the pizza world. Uh, however, in you know, in the, in the universe world, it's, you know, it's infinite. Think of a starry night. It's, I love just staring up at the starry night because it reminds me of what a grain of sand on the beach I am, or we are, right? We're just little flecks out in the universe. And when we, when I look up at the sky, I'm just like, it's infinite. It's just abundant forever and ever and ever. It's so great. So it's not a piece of pizza. It's not taking away from someone else. The abundance out there is infinite so and we can have as much as we are willing to receive and again in order to have it there's got to be space for it in our lives and on that note this is kimberly quinn signing off from northern vermont have a mindful and very abundant day Mm -hmm.